Blessings, this is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. Merry Christmas. This week, Pastor Walter Arias brings us the message titled, God With Us. As we celebrate Jesus, who is the reason of the season, we see that the prophet Isaiah talked about the birth of Jesus Christ. He wrote about his life and even reveals many names of our Lord. Let's listen to the message and may God bless you. And did you bring your Bibles today? Amen. Let us look at those Bibles up high, lift them up high. Amen. So it's the time that your notebooks, it's important to take notes. Very, very important. Excellent. And allow me to pray. Good Father, we give you thanks and we continue your presence for those that are here present and those that are watching in other countries. And we ask that your word is arriving to everyone and it ministers in one way or another so that you could put an understanding heart, a receptive heart. And in me, Lord, that spirit of boldness, Lord, your spirit with boldness to be able to share this as it suits. We give you thanks in the name of Jesus and the church of the Lord says, amen and amen. Glory to God. I'm sorry. 2,700 years ago, history registers a prophet called Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, he wrote the book of Isaiah about in a time 690, 700 years before Christ. And the prophet was used as an instrument of God. He's considered one of the major prophets, not because he was greater and larger, but because more prophecies that he used. And you have the 12 minor, but maybe it's like you have a, a, a sheet that's uh, just a half a sheet of the prophecy. But Isaiah, he was a major prophet, and he has a, it's a very thick book. And his book, Isaiah, is also known as, is known for its content of information. For its content of the revelation there, it's known almost as the fifth gospel. Because the word gospel is means good news. And it's the good news of God is that manifested to the human being to save him through Jesus Christ. That we have salvation through Jesus Christ. Salvation is free. That's what the four gospels register. The gospel according to Matthew, Mark, John, and Luke. And the book of Isaiah, which is 700 years older than those gospels, spoke of the same thing. Prophecy from the prophet Isaiah of the Arrival of God made man that was going to be born as a child, that his empire would be upon him. Speaking of his dominion, like the God of Israel and all the earth and the owner of everything. We read and also in Revelation in chapter 1 and 2. But Isaiah reveals one that was going to become a man and he reveals how he was going to be called or how he would be called. That one, that God that was going to be born, it was going to take a form, a form of a child. Remember that God with us. Emmanuel is the Hebrew word. Eman, 
is a Emmanuel. Every time you see that word, the Hebrew word L is referring to God. So Emmanuel is God is with us, and L is God. So God with us. So Emmanuel in Hebrew is then translated to Emmanuel, and that's how we know the word Emmanuel. And it's God with us, or that God is with us. And Isaiah speaks of all of this. Isaiah writes a revelation that is given through heaven of a future event and everything that was going to happen of God that was going to be with us and he was going to be born of a virgin. Isaiah also registers that, of a virgin in a small city, in a place. This is going to be his life. This is going to be his death. This is going to be his arrest. This is when they're going to take him to the cross. Everything is written 700 years before then, 700 years later, Emmanuel is born of a virgin, as I, the prophet Isaiah said it was going to happen, where he would be born, his childhood, everything is going on, his arrival to Jerusalem, and all that Jesus does. So all those, so the book of Isaiah, the fifth gospel, becomes reality there in everything that is Jesus. Not only that, but it also gives us important facts over the future events in the book of Isaiah speaks of. So, Isaiah prophesies of the coming kingdom. 700 years before Christ, he prophesied of the coming kingdom. And 700 years later, that kingdom came from heaven to earth. Because when Jesus walked on the earth, he says, the kingdom of heaven has come close. He always said the same. And we're called to preach the kingdom of heaven. And I want us to read there in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And the word of God says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And I want to read it with an emotional with you, because I get emotional when I read this. Because I get excited in who I believe and who revealed himself to my heart and who we preach. Amen? If you allow me, can we read it in a loud voice? If you can. Isaiah 9.1.6 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And when it speaks there of the child that is born, it's a, born, a child that is born, the prophet Isaiah is saying that he's going to be born as a, a child, as all of the mortal people. The immortal one is going to be born as a child. And the other thing that he says there, that the government will be upon his shoulder, speaking of his ruling in all the nations of the world. And you could register in Revelations, so you could see. Verse 27, chapter 2, verse 27. It also says that it comes from a word that is in the Psalms, that he says that it's his kingdom is going to be to bring the people of Israel. The people will be converted. There'll be peace. All of that will come in a moment that is given. And this moment that we're in, in the time of history that is was, is that Christ died. He died for us. He came. He died 2,000 years ago. And we're waiting for his second coming. And then all the second part of eschatology. But I want to get into what the prophet Isaiah spoke of. Because he gave some titles there. There's some traditions that that it says, Wonderful Counselor without the comma. There's other tra translations that put Wonderful comma Counselor. But there's others 
that's a wonderful concept, like if it's only one phrase. Today I'm going to separate it with that comma. So we speak of the wonderful God. And that's the word of today. Today is the word is God with us. What is the topic? The, the topic? God with us. Excellent. God with us, according to prophet Isaiah, 700 years beforehand, he said that he was going to be born a child, and that child was going to be called Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And that child, or that God with us, was going to be called also Wonderful. So one of the titles of Jesus is Wonderful. Because there are many titles that Jesus has. The Rosa Sharon, the Alpha the Omega, the beginning and the end, the bread of life, the true way, the fountain of life, morning bright star, so many titles. But here the prophet Isaiah registers the word wonderful. And I want to speak about wonderful. Because why was he wonderful? We spoke while the Lord allowed me to minister here over worship and it's and that feeling in my heart and I didn't want to be aggressive with anyone but but almost to wake up and understand who you're coming before to waken you to see and understand why you came here so there's a click in your mind your spiritual part your soulish part now that you brought your physical part so then worship God amen because he's wonderful why is he wonderful let us see why he's wonderful a few things he was wonderful in his birth. It wasn't any birth. Wonderful in his birth because of his conception, because it says that he was going to be born of a virgin. That doesn't happen. So a virgin is not conceiving someone by a human, unless it's uh, by a human that sleeps with the woman so that she can conceive in her womb a seed. No, there was no human interaction. The only human part was that God chose a woman, a virgin an Israelite, and allowed her to conceive through the Holy Spirit a baby that was God with us. That's what Scripture says. So she's, so he's wonderful in his birth because the rest of us, it's very natural, our birth, right? We're the result of a relationship of our parents, of our fathers and mothers, right? That's very natural. That's how we procreate. But his birth was wonderful. His conception that was from a virgin. And because of the quality of witnesses that was there, I want to get into those two topics there because there was a quality of witnesses that none of us have had that are here. In Isaiah 7, 14, the word of God registers. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name, how? Emmanuel, God with us. He is wonderful in his birth because of the conception itself, because he was born of a virgin, not of a physical result like all of us that are here. So his birth is wonderful. But there in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, the second part of that verse, it says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. What is in you, what is in your wound, of what's in the wound of your wife, who that you're there in a committed relationship with her, what is in her comes from the Holy Spirit of God. Tell me if that's not wonderful. Because it's not just anything. When I come here, I come here. I know I come here to worship. I come to worship someone who's wonderful. God, who became man. God with us. 
but also the witnesses that were there, Mary. The mother, of course, has to be in that, right? We all fall into that part. The mother is there in the birth. The father? Yes, sometimes, and sometimes no. Joseph was there, man. That was wonderful because it was the child wasn't his natural son because he had not known her. He didn't have relations with her intimately yet. And he... And he's there in the Enlightenment. So that's something that, that's also very natural because many men receive a woman that's going to give birth and the child is not theirs, but they take them as their wife and their child, yes? But wonderful because, because of what was natural. The quality of uh, witnesses, the shepherds. Think of the shepherds. The shepherds is a blessing to analyze them because the shepherds were common men. They were one of the... One of the unappreciated uh, professions of that time is to be a shepherd. You know, in that time when the prophet came in Isaiah, that they had to come to uh, anoint as the king of Israel, and they saw the most beautiful and the elegant ones, like Pastor John and the other pastors here. And they said, is there another one? Is there another one? And, and their father said, yes, there's one more. And they said, where? And he says, he's in the field. And he says, call him. David, unappreciated, taking care of sheep. So that calls to my attention because the Bible registers topics or things that if you think about it, it has information that's very valuable. And it's that they were shepherds, that they were common. Look at how important what I'm telling you is. The one that's wonderful, God, Jesus. Wonderful in his birth because of the way of Mary, because the seed wasn't of a natural man, but of the Holy Spirit. Now he's wonderful because of the quality of witnesses. His mother, the father that was going to raise him and protect him, and now the witnesses, common folks. Like God was saying that God is for everyone. Are you with me? Look at the quality of witnesses that he chose. Common folks and people that were town folks because they took care of sheep and they used to take care of sheep of other people. And they had to give account and they would go from one place to another place. And they were going to be witnesses. And they were going to be the ones that were going to announce. Amen. But also we sp spoke of the last week, the wise men, the Magi that came. Remember, that they were not astrologists, but astronomy, like a science. So they were very intelligent. They were people that were studied. They were persons of mathematics, of geometry. Of They knew they were studied people, and they came. For the time of enlightenment, they came to be witnesses of his birth. How interesting. That not only what was natural, which was Mary and Joseph, but now the quality of witnesses of people that were very humble and they came to receive that birth. But now some wise people came. It's very important, the wise people. So to register once again, God has to touch every type of human being to the simple, to the one that is very educated, because God wants to come to everybody. He is a God for those that don't study a lot, like those that study a lot. And that's why he had to choose some men like these. And also the quality of witnesses. What about the angels in the supernatural? Because in my enlightenment, I didn't think there was think there was angels there like a man, the daughter of Philip. Philip is my grandfather's name. Yes, mom? No. Doña Pepa. That's how my grandmother's name was. I don't think that that happened. But before Jesus, yes. 
the angels of heaven came. The birth, wonderful in his birth and the quality of the witnesses. And it, scripture takes me to get happy when it says that, that there were heavenly hosts, not just one angel or two, but thousands of angels came to worship, to praise. The earth gave glory to who was born, Emmanuel, God with us. The earth gave glory and heaven gave glory to who was born on this earth, the wonderful one in his birth. Blessed be the name of Jesus. And he was also wonderful in his lifestyle. And that calls to my attention because him being God himself, the creator of everything, being rich, it says that he stripped himself of everything, analyzed a humble condition. He went and, they, and they, the hotel didn't receive him, but even a manger took him in. So he stripped off everything. When you strip yourself away of everything, how difficult it is to strip away things, how difficult it is to be able to gain a dollar more in our mind, we have to give it to someone and another part says, don't do it. Have you had that battle in your heart? Lift your hands if anyone had that battle. Look, lift your hands up high. Don't be lazy. There you go. <laughs> Look, it happens to all of us. That we feel an act of goodness for someone, and then there's another part that says, no, maybe he doesn't deserve it, or no this, no that, and then justification starts to come. That's a natural part in us. He was wonderful in his lifestyle. Because being rich, he stripped himself of everything to come and be with us. Wow. Wonderful. The Word of God says, oh, registers over the works. He worked healings, miracles, signs, wonders, everything that you've read, that you've heard of. He healed the lame. He healed the blind. The lunatics, he healed them. They didn't need any psychology or anything. He just would come close to them. In the case of one specifically, and immediately... It manifested something in him and he said some words and the person was seated by his feet and healed. The wonderful one was wonderful in his lifestyle. He drew close to all the people with miracles, signs, and wonders. There's a text that I don't know if you know it, but I like it a lot because it's a hyperbole. The Bible has uh, figures of speech and within it, it's a hyperbole, which is like an exaggeration. When it says, Abraham says that your descendants will be like the stars of heaven and like the sand of the sea. That's a figure of speech. I explain this so that when you come to biblical text like that, you don't believe it as literal because the sand of the beach, take a, a shovel and put it all over there and you'll see. And all the beaches of the world. So it's an exaggeration. And that the Bible has that hyperbole and there's a biblical text in John, the uh, beloved God, um, the beloved disciple says in John chapter 21, 25, it says the following. And there are also many other things that Jesus did. What did John say? And there are also many other things that Jesus did. Which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. In other words, that the things that we read of Jesus, of his healings, we have it here, of the, of all that he had worked, that wonderful God. John is saying, look, he says, we, don't need, we didn't have time to write all the other things that he did in those three and a half years that he was with us. It's tremendous. Doesn't that look wonderful? Books and books and books to write. He says it wouldn't fit. His life without sin, without deceit, is wonderful without evil, 
because we all have a life and in our life we've deceived we have been evil yes or no look at the person to your side look how beautiful that Christ has him look at him or look at them and say it's better that you're in Christ but analyze that all of us were how we were sinners we have deceived and we have worked in evilness in our thoughts many times and in our attitudes but what does the Apostle Peter say in his first epistle? In chapter 2, verses 22 to 23, it says, Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. How does he judge? Righteously. Look how wonderful, or what a wonderful lifestyle that God has. There's a lot to learn from this. And we, that they say something, and we want to immediately, no, that wasn't like that, we say. And we want to have justice right there. I'm going to call the pastor. And come on. And no. And you clean my name, and this and that. Look, that we start to look our own justice, and I'm going to call you the police. And I'm going to put a lawsuit against you. All, look at the person to your side and go, Ooh. <laughs> a lot to learn from Christ, don't you think? Of the wonderful one, the wonderful Emmanuel, God with us. A lot to learn from his humbleness, of his tolerance, wow. But he was wonderful in his death. Because he was accused without guilt. In the end, those that were on the cross on his side, they say they were sinners. That they were transgressors of a law. So they were delinquents. So they had a capital punishment. And there was death on the cross. But... Who judged him? The governor of the moment, Pontius Pilate. In Luke chapter 23, verse 4, Pilate himself said, of the Emmanuel of God with us, the following. He said, so Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowd, I found no fault in this man. Wonderful even in his rest. He had no fault. And Peter, in his universal epistle, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. He's speaking of death, of the wonderful one, the death. Wonderful in his death, because the just one gave himself for us, for the unjust. That's wonderful. And in case if we look for something that is righteous, the manger times, is what's justice that comes to us. That what's justice, this guy did something wrong, then he has to pay for what he did wrong. But in him, he says, he paid for the sins of everyone. If you have someone by your side, say, he paid for you. Tell the person next to you, he paid the price on the cross for you. He paid the penalty on the cross, amen? He was prophesied, like Isaiah said, about 700 years before, his birth in Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 6, it speaks of his wonderful death and of his wonderful life. Isaiah 53, verses 3 to 6, it says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with what? With grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Oh, they didn't receive him, in other words. And many times that happens, we hide from him our face, like we don't want to accept him. 
they preach him to us and we don't want, and we don't want. That's what Prophet Isaiah is saying here, that was going to be the behavior of humanity on him when he arrived 2,000 years ago. And those that are coming, what are you going to do before the name of Jesus? We had preached, what are you going to do before the name of Jesus? Because Isaiah already says that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And then we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not what? We did not what? Esteem him. Why do you think that I always make so much emphasis when I tell you, come, let us worship? Do you understand now? Why I say to you, lift your hands? Oh, Pastor, I could worship it with my laps, my hands down, but at least open up your mouth. I don't know. Take out your tongue. Something. Do something. Hey! <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because there was a man that on the, in the beautiful gate in Jerusalem, he was a cripple. He was an invalid. And Peter and John arrived. And they said, I have no gold or silver, but what I have, I have, I tell you. And I said, in the name of Jesus, stand up. And the man stood up. And if you see, he says, immediately he entered into the temple. He didn't go with the miracle. That man went into the temple to glorify God where he wasn't able to enter because he was a paralytic before. But now he could enter and give glory to God for what God had done in his life. God has done something in your life? Then learn to give glory to God for what he has done in your life. Be it small or great, but praise him, praise him, praise him, worship, preach, preach him, preach him with a prayer. Let the world see that you're in love with God. Let the world, when you let on Facebook know what you're in love with, right? Or on YouTube or on Instagram or any social media, I don't know. And what else? You see all of that. Share the passion. It says, despised. We didn't esteem him. Verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs, and he carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken. Wasn't he arrested? That he was hit and beaten to the point of the cross? To, on the way to Calvary. It says that he would get up beaten in his soul. Oh my God, why have you forsaken because of the rupture of the eternal unity with God the Father. It wasn't his physical pain. It was his separation. So he was wonderful in his death. How not, how not love him? Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. Have any of you gone astray like a sheep? Like a moment? Lift your hands, those that have gone astray in a moment. Is it true or not? Lift your hands. Mm. Look at the prophecies being fulfilled. We, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned away everyone to his own way. In a moment, maybe in this time. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Wonderful. In his death. And I ask you, in this point of his life, do you have reasons to think of Jesus as wonderful? Do you have reasons to find him wonderful? How good. And I would ask another question. If you could meditate. Why do you think he's wonderful? Why do you think he's wonderful? One said there, when they wanted to do something or say to Jesus, they say, no evil has that man done or any no wrong. Has Jesus done something wrong for you? Has he damaged you? Has he affected you? On the contrary, 
He's helping you in something. The counselor. Because Isaiah says that that man would be called a counselor. This title speaks of wisdom. And John 6.63, I like this word. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words, read it with me please in a loud voice. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. When you get in with the word of God, you're going to notice that Christ is the word. And you're going to notice that what is in is in life. There's no portion of the word is made to damage you. Everything is there to bless you, to prosper you, so that you find the good will of God in your life. It says that it is perfect and pleasing. The word is not there to damage anyone. What a good counselor. What is the counselor? Who is the counselor that you have? How dangerous the counselors that sometimes we find. Maybe I'm in a separation and I look for a friend. If I'm a man, I'm in a separation. I look for a friend in a separation who was separated. If he's separated for being abandoned. But he's going to give bad counsel to this person because his heart is damaged. What kind of counsel are you looking for? Many times we look for the people that are in a similar tribulation as us. And we want from that person the best counsel. But that person is so damaged that they're not going to give you any good advice. Their good advice that advice is going to be limited to the emotions that they have in the moment, but not God. Because God's heart is not damaged. Are you with me? Who is the counselor that you have? Who is the counselor? Is it Christ or Satan? Because the world counsels us every day. The world incites us every day. The world speaks to us every day. If you analyze for every place, you want to do a lot of things to please of many people that don't love God. What are we going to do with that advice? You're advised every day by the television, by school, every day by society. You're advised in your telephone. You're advised in the commercials, in the universities, everywhere. Analyze everywhere. You're even counseled in your homes. And if your parents get in with God, then you receive a good counsel. But if they're not with God, they're going to give you a counsel that is mistaken or erroneous. But the wonderful counselor has the wisdom from up high. He spoke with the doctors of the law in the temple at 12 years old. Do you remember that episode? It says that they returned from the feast, Mary and Joseph, and then they looked where Jesus, a young Jesus, and they went looking for him, and they went to the city, and they found him there, in the temple seated, speaking to the doctors of the law, counseling them over the word. What are you doing there? And he says, I'm about my father's business. And it's necessary to be here. From 12 years old, he was already giving divine counsel. And he responded to those who wanted to follow him. His disciples, he responded to them. Those who wanted to follow him, that wanted to follow him with the things of the land, he was always responding. There was a responding for all. He responded to the leaders of the synagogue, as we spoke of a Nicodemus, that he came and spoke about eternal life, how to get into heaven. And he gave him uh, advice he says be born again of water and spirit the advice that he gave forgave the sinners and healed them that had diseases he gave them a counsel he would respond to all the people you know what he advised he advised how to live life on earth have you used the manual of life once we're using every time that we preach Christ we're reading it when you buy an instrument or a device or something I don't know you're going to have the manual. 
Remember that and the the furniture you buy, IKEA, whatever. A manual like this to be able to put construct a little box. And the word of God is life and gives advice to he who wants to look for it. It says, instruct the wise one, and he'll be more wise. Instruct the fool, and they'll reject it. The word of God is for the wise. The fools mock it, but the wise embrace it. The advice, the wonderful counselor spoke of how to live on this earth. How to live in family, in the personal relationships. With a revelation that he gave to Paul, how to be a boss, how to be an employee, how to be a good leader, a political leader, how to be a good citizen, spokes of the behavior of the slave in that time, that in those times, so there was a boss and there was an employee, the word of God teaches above all that, the word of God how to have a courtship, how to maintain a marriage, the word of God says how to raise children, and the word of God says to, to the children how to respect their parents, the word of God is wonderful, and Christ is the word of God, Amen. He spoke about how to avoid the spiritual death and how to avoid going to hell because Jesus spoke about these things. He spoke how to obtain eternal life in those counsels that he gave to a woman by the well. We remember that. And in a very good, um, a great episode. And then the woman by that well there's a woman that was suffering of a problem. She suffered a problem, sentimental, emotional, that she had five husbands. And this one she had wasn't even, she had a great problem. And assuredly, she was known as the one that takes away the husbands from the, the neighborhood. That's what the Word of God says. Says that she had five men, and the one that she had now, the sixth one, was not. And thought maybe the, she was going for the seventh one, the perfect number, because in the well she was flirting. Oh, what kind of water? She was flirting with Jesus. What kind of water you have? And the salvation and the well, this. And it was like, uh, yeah, like she was flirting. She was looking for a seventh one. A seventh victim, if you will. And Jesus came out with said, Oh. And what counsel? He gave her advice for salvation for her soul. That woman came for a physical of need for physical water to take water but she left there she left the bucket and she left her heart full with the fountain of living water when she knows Christ she left everything and she went and she says Christ that is the prophet he is prophet he is a prophet hallelujah the wonderful one you can come close to Jesus if you need advice for your emotions in any area of your life the woman who was found in adultery do you remember that one? That they were going to stone her. They had the stones, the people from the smallest to the biggest. They were convicted when Jesus says, who is free of sin, then throw the rock. And everyone left. Shame. And he finished forgiving her and saying, go and sin no more. What counsel did he give her? He says, go and sin no more. Stop sinning. Leave that alone. Counsel to be a faithful person, to have a integral life for the married one to be faithful for the one that's married to be faithful for the son to wait for the prudent time and pray for the woman that is the correct woman and the daughter to wait for the prudent time so when it comes the gallant one of the world but one that is sent by God a word of advice there 
is if you take it or not. That's the blessing of the Bible. The Bible has one thing, or Christianity. And some, in some currents that are religious, religious currents, some, at times, those that embrace Christianity, at times, those that did not accept the word, they, they, they would kill. It was the Holy Inquisition. If they didn't receive it, they would kill you. But today, there's some religions that still behave like that. And they say, if you don't believe, then death. And, and you know what's the goodness of the word of Christ? This is not, if you don't believe, die. No, Christ is decide. The Bible says decide. The wonderful counselor. Everyone has to decide. No one is obligated. Please go standing. Zacchaeus, a man that was rich but was rejected. Belittled, but he also had advice on behalf of the Lord. And what about the dying thief? If they were, he was not given advice there and there was some words said to him that said, Verily I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The wonderful counselor. And the other parts, we'll leave it for next week. But remember these words. Assuredly, you know it. It says, heaven and earth. Say, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The word of the eternal God, the God with us, the wonderful counselor, the wonderful counselor, his word is available and will always be available. Everything is going to pass away. All things that are in style, everything is going to pass. Generations pass away and everything. But something that remains is the word of the Lord. Please close your eyes. I want you to meditate. Have you accepted your wonderful counselor in your heart? Emmanuel? Or do you still have him as a Christmas story? Or do you have him as a story of a season? Or has Emmanuel been born in your heart? Have you allowed that Christmas has happened in your heart? There in Christ Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us. You have a wonderful being, the creator of heaven and earth, of everything, the wonderful God that gave himself for you and for me, that he became like us in a humble condition that subjected himself for a time, a chronological time, the wonderful one in his birth with the witnesses that he had around him, for the witnesses of heaven and earth, that wonderful one is also a counselor, a counselor for your life. If today you want to receive him, if today you want to accept him, or if you want to retake him, or if today you want to embrace him more, don't leave the counselor to your side. Don't leave him to your side. Let us worship. And Father, I give you thanks for this people, Lord, for the church that loves you, for the church that worships you. And I ask that you reveal yourself to everyone, to the youth, 
I ask you for the youth, Lord, that you can reveal yourself to them more. I ask you, God, that they can seek you more, that they can desire you, that they can have a desire in their hearts to seek the truth, and you are the truth, Jesus. I ask you for them. Not to just go to college or to go as they're going to high school, and maybe they think they know it all, but I ask you, God, that they can also seek your word so you could reveal yourself to them more and more, and they can fall in love with you. I ask you, Lord, that we all fall in love with you more. I ask you that we all fall in love with you more, the youth to the most adult, that we think of the wonderful God that you are, that the counselor, because you are the good counselor, we worship you, Lord God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. We hope this message has edified you. And please share with others. Have a wonderful day.